Hey everybody, this is James Beber and this is the Narrow Path Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Today I kind of want to just give you guys a mini sermon, I guess you could call it, about the story of Barabbas. And what we know about Barabbas and how uh, this story in the Bible, it really is kind of a reflection on what Barabbas stands for and what that whole purpose of that story means. And let's dive in to the story of Barabbas. Barabbas in the New Testament, a prisoner mentioned in all four Gospels, who was chosen by the crowd over Jesus Christ to be released by Pontius Pilate in customary pardon before the Feast of Passover. In Matthew 27, 16, Barabbas is called a notorious prisoner. In Mark 15, 7, echoed in Luke 23, 19, he was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection against the occupying Roman forces. John 18:40 describes him as a bandit. The name Barabbas appears nowhere else in the New Testament, nor do any of the Gospels give any information about his previous or subsequent life. The name may be an Aramaic patronymic, meaning son of the father or son of the teacher, indicating perhaps that his father was a Jewish leader. So we got this man Barabbas, right? And just like this uh, story that I'm reading, um, it talks about Barabbas standing on a platform with Jesus on the platform and Pontius Pilate. And so the Jews had a custom where they would release, it was for the it was for the Passover. They would release a prisoner um, and it would kind of give that prisoner a second chance, but they would have to choose between prisoners, right? And so here Jesus is standing next to a murderer and someone who deserves to be in that position. And, you know, it's kind of messed up because obviously the Jews they say, we want Barabbas, give us Barabbas, release him, release Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And they start repeating it and repeating it. So obviously in the, in the Bible story, it talks about how Pontius Pilate, he washed his hands clean and he said he was not at fault for this and he let Barabbas go. This insurrection leader, right? And so what this story I think is telling us is who Barabbas is and we can all put ourselves in that position and on that platform and we've all stood next to Jesus because we've deserved the you know what's to come after we die. We deserve to be punished for sinning every day. And here we have Jesus standing on that platform, a sinless man who would now take the sin of the world and die for us. And while we're over there walking free and while we're over there living our life and doing what we want to do. There's no recollection of him turning around and saying to Jesus, thank you for setting me free. Because I think at this point, everybody knew who Jesus was and what he did and the miracles that he did and him claiming to be the Messiah. And that's why the, the Jews were so mad. That's why the, the Jewish leaders were so mad because Jesus was claiming to be a Messiah and they didn't think that the Messiah was to come yet. And so, you know, if you're in that situation and you know who Jesus is, would you turn around and thank him for letting you be free, for taking on the punishment that you deserved? We all have to put ourselves in Barabbas' shoes 
would we do that? Or would we be so caught up in being free and living our life that we wouldn't even care to turn to Jesus and say thank you? How many times do we do that on a daily basis where we get away with something? And instead of saying, Jesus, like, if it weren't for you, you know, my sins would be getting the best of me. And if I died today, I would go to hell no matter what, because my sin. But no, Jesus died on that cross for your sins. So that no matter what you do in this life, as long as you accept his son and you ask for forgiveness of your sins and you try to live the best life you can as a Christian and you try to grow more and more closer to God, you don't have to worry about hell anymore. We oftentimes have stood in that position bound by chains, bound by sin, deserving the punishment. And Jesus took that punishment for us. Can you imagine him walking up to the mount after being whipped, after being mocked, after getting a crown of thorns stuck on his head? The man should have been dead already because they beat him to near death, but yet he had to still take up that cross and walk up that mountain for us. It's Mount Calvary. And oftentimes we go about and live our lives and we don't care about the pain that God went through or that Jesus went through to save us. And it's, you know, we, we in our daily lives, we continue to sin because sin is so easy to do, right? Sin is so easy to commit, and we continue to sin every day. And a lot of times, if we grow apart from God, we don't even care that we're sinning. And we don't care that we are hurting Jesus and God. You know, it's, it's like, why? Why would he do that for us? When he knew that even him sending his son to die for us, we were still going to sin. We were still going to mess up. We, there's going to be times where we don't even thank him. And that's sad because here we are living our lives. And there Jesus is having to die for us. So why do you want to keep sinning? Why, why do you get ashamed whenever you have to tell people about this wonderful free gift that God has given you? Why is that so shameful? Why is it so shameful when you know that once you were Barabbas, and there's many Barabbases out there still, those people that they don't want to believe in God and they don't want to give their lives to God because they think it's a joke and they want to believe in science instead, those are Barabbases. But God died for everyone. God sent his son to die for every one of those people. And that's what you can't forget because you once stood on that platform of Jesus and you once we're set free. If you are a Christian, you have given your life to God through Jesus, you once stood on that platform, just like we all have, to be put on trial. But yet, instead of us getting the punishment, Jesus took that punishment for us. No matter what, you go, what you're going through in your life, it's not too big for God. If He already could send his son to take that sin and that punishment for you, he can get you through anything. He's God. Don't sit there and say, you're not, you can't do it or you're not worthy to do it. Yes, you're right, you are not worthy, but that's the wonderful gospel. 
because it is a free gift and none of us are worthy enough for it. But it's a, it's a free gift that we can all have. Guys, hell is a real place. Sin is a real thing. The devil, he's a real person. So we got to live our lives like hell is real. And we got to live our lives like the devil's real and he's trying to destroy us. And we got to live our lives like God is real and there's a heaven. And which place would you rather want to go to? I can tell you this, I would rather be in heaven than in hell without God. I was once a Barabbas. I'm going to read the Bible story of the crucifixion of Jesus, and I'm going to read out of Matthew 27, 32 through 56. Verse 32 says, As they were going out, they met, to, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of Jews. Verse 38 goes on to say, Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by had hurried insults at him, shaking their heads, and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross. If you are the Son of God, in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And then, you know, later on, obviously, in the verses after this, it's... Uh, Jesus's death and all the events that took uh, took place after his death and you know that's just reading that story it gives me the chills because here we had like I said a sinless spotless man who didn't deserve this and he's his hands and feet are being nailed to this cross and he's in pain excruciating pain but yet he's looking at every single one of those people mocking at him and he's doing it for them. How many times have we, in a sense, mocked Jesus? Or how many times have we been ashamed to share the gospel of Jesus? We are all Barabbases who deserve the chains. We deserve the guilt and the shame. But no, Jesus takes all that away from us. Why do we, as people, especially Christians, why do we allow sin in our lives? I know it's hard. It's very hard to not sin because you're a human being. But why do we sit there and we continue to be terrible people every day? You know, in, in the human's eyes, or yes, there are some people that are better than others, but in God's eyes, everybody's equal. And that's what we got to remember. But why is there so much divorce? Why is there so much 
you know, dads leaving and dads putting their hands on their kids, moms putting their hands on the kids. Why is it constantly you hear in the news about beatings and abuse and, and divorce and murder and robbery and rape? All this stuff is happening. And there's people out there that blame God for this. But God had a solution for us. That was to send his son to die for us. But we, why don't we take that gift? Why is it so hard to believe in the gospel? The gospel is what sets you free. That's what sets you apart from Satan. That's what brings you to God. So why don't we believe that? And why as Christians are we not spreading the gospel? Jesus died for you. You don't deserve it. But he died for you. And we won't even pick up the cross and help him. How sad is that? Jesus died in pain. And just like he died on that cross, don't you know that he's right there with you whenever you're going through something? A lot of people, they ask, why doesn't God stop all this bad stuff from happening? But what you don't know is he's right there standing with you and going through the pain with you as you're going through it. But they, people don't want to see it that way. We have a free will. So you better use that free will and choose the right thing. If you're not a Christian, you better come to know Jesus real quick. And if you are a Christian and you're not living the way you're supposed to be living and you're constantly going out there and you're sinning deliberately and you're not submitting your life to God, to Jesus, then you start better you better start second guessing whether or not you really are saved and whether or not you really are going to heaven. Thank you.